In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Today's gospel reading is a bit long, not Passion Sunday long, but still long. And I really can't think of anything better to go with, an, with a long gospel than an extremely long homily. So get comfortable. Uh, this Sunday we, we continue to hear from the famous Sermon on the Mount. And boy is our Lord not mincing any words today. He tells us, Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. And to that end, he's, he lays out for us, by, he lays it out for us by telling us that it is not enough to simply check the boxes. Thou shalt not kill. Okay. Don't steal. Got it. Don't commit adultery. Okay. Check, check, check. It's not enough. That's what he's saying. It's not enough. But it is for us to change our hearts and our minds to truly love him and our neighbor. This is the intent of the law, to, dr to draw God's people into right relationship with him, not as servant and master, just following the rules, but as a loving father and his children. Our blessed Lord is not just interested in the outward physical actions which the law permits or prohibits, but he wants to evaluate the intentions and the motives of the heart. For instance, in his first example, the fifth commandment, our Lord suggests it's not enough to not murder, but to eliminate the anger which could lead to, kill, to someone killing another person. On top of that, we cannot just simply overturn the rage that's in our hearts, but we must reconcile with the one we were angry with. Reconcile. From the root word cilia in Latin means eyelashes. Con meaning with. So we're, we're turning again to be eyelash to eyelash with the one we were angry with. So to be that close to someone, you've got to really love them. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be that close to him. This portion of the reading always reminds me of the story of St. Paul. An up-and-coming Pharisee, he sought to make a name for himself, and he did so by persecuting the followers of our blessed Lord Jesus. We know this to be true since in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7, not only did he witness the stoning of the first martyr, St. Stephen, the deacon, but the participants laid their garments at his feet, a sign of respect. A couple of chapters later, our Lord appears to him while he was on the road to Damascus, and we know the rest of the story. 
The point is that not only did he repent of his anger, but he reconciled with the one he was angry with. In this case, the body of Christ, and so Christ himself. Our Lord continues dropping truth bombs next by tackling adultery, divorce, and lying. It's very clear that the Eighth Commandment forbids adultery, but Jesus wants us, his disciples, to destroy the root cause of adultery, namely lust. He explains this by engaging in a bit of hyperbole or uh, exaggeration for effect. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. We know this is hyperbole because we would have seen the evidence from the early church all the way up to nowadays if it wasn't. Because if this wasn't hyperbole, there would be a lot of one-eyed, one-handed people running around. His point is not that we must physically harm ourselves when we sin, but that whatever is standing in the way of living in right relationship with God and neighbor should be corrected. To think of it in modern terms, if your smartphone or a TV show or a movie or the like causes you to sin, turn it off and throw it away. It is better for you to be inconvenienced than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. Next, our Lord takes a hard stance against divorce. The modern world has lost any real meaning of what marriage is, not to mention who can marry who. No-fault divorce or divorcing your spouse for no specific cause is the norm. Marriage is treated more like serious dating or a contract partnership for the mutual benefit of both parties. But that's not what God intended, not even from the very beginning. And for a better understanding of this, we could skip ahead Matthew's gospel to chapter 19, where again, Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees. And he says to them, Have you not read that he who made them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. So they are no longer two, but one. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. He goes on to say, For your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Jesus is quoting the book of Genesis. So when he says, from the beginning, he really means from the beginning. These are hard sayings, but he understands that certain marriages are unlawful or invalid, and thus are not marriages at all. Remember that God is infinite love and mercy. 
His understanding knows no bounds. And he has sent the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, to guide Holy Mother Church in discerning any and every situation. Lastly, he reminds his followers that the second commandment, to not take the name of the Lord in vain, applies to oath-taking in general. And by extension, it is closely related to the eighth commandment, to not bear false witness. He says, let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no, because God witnesses all speech, true or false. So it is necessary to be truthful in all things. In the first reading, we heard from the book of Sirach, before man are life and death, good and evil. Whichever he chooses shall be given him. God's grace is freely given to us. It is our choice to cooperate with it or reject it. Since the beginning, God has freely offered the human race his loving grace. And it has been through our own free will that we have at times rejected it. But that hasn't stopped God from freely and abundantly offering his love and grace to all of us. So remember how the first reading began. If you choose, you can keep the commandments. They will save you. And the commandments can be summed up like this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.